एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं फास्ट Listen to this fascinating conversation with Amev talking about quitting a lucrative consulting job to start up and going through the journey of finding product market fit to eventually scaling Kapiva into a 100 crore D2C brand in the space of Ayurveda. Here's Amev telling Akshay Dutt about his wonderful journey. So uh, Amev the, the first story that I want to hear from you is about the legacy family business uh, you come from a well established uh, business family uh, tell me about that story like how who who was the person in your family who started it how did it start what kind of uh, environment did you grow up in sure so the business is bednat right uh, so you know typically famous for chavan prash and isab gol and your traditional kind of you know ayurvedic uh, products uh, started back in 1917 by my grandfather and his brother so basically you know he was very much involved in the freedom movement by grandfather and one of the reasons why he got into ayurveda was you know he wanted to kind of get back the legacy of india of you know the sort of knowledge that we had so i think that was a very uh, he was a really kind of uh, different kind of person you know like the national poet of india wrote a book about him like oh, he was wow. just a okay. really inspirational figure huh. right uh, huh. uh, there was very rudimentary kind of packing materials very uh, labor intensive for sure Uh, but also scale, at that time scale in general was very much smaller right so uh, you know people didn't really uh, sort of they weren't that many consumers in india anyway right okay so uh, like when you were growing up it was understood that you would join the family business uh, yeah you know at that time you know the ideas of see at that time it was still a very the structure we were working in was still a very acceptable structure right uh, you know this as businesses grew things got more professional but yeah expectation was that i would join the family business right hmm. uh grew up very involved in business right so okay. started like visiting factories and offices and all at a very young age okay, uh, okay. you know went went for market visits and stuff <laughs> so wow. at a very okay. young age okay okay uh, so there was this sort of it wasn't explicit but there yeah. was this understanding right yeah. Yeah. uh but you know basically what happened akshay was that at one point i felt that there was more i wanted to do right uh you know i felt that you know in the family business uh, there was a way to kind of professionalize it right and uh, you know with the family setup it's a better to go down the professional route than kind of you know me being involved right hmm. Hmm. so before you actually joined full time what did you do in terms of education like uh, i did my i did a double major in uh, in national politics and economics at nyu uh, okay post that actually i was Uh, supposed to actually get a job work in LA 
but I graduated a semester early, which was a bad idea, 2008 December, which was the middle of oh, the oh, financial oh, crisis. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I didn't get the exact job that I wanted to, honestly, right, out of college. And <laughs> I had a job, but I thought working in the business would be better better experience. How was the McKinsey stint like? Like, what did you learn in that stint? Sure. So I would say the biggest learning, honestly, Akshay, was that how to take a larger problem, break it into smaller pieces and make it very solvable, right? And also discipline and structure, right? Uh, I think, you know, I didn't know what it meant to work hard until I went to McKinsey, right? I thought, right? <laughs> but then, you know, when you see people slogging like 13, 14 hours, your life was, there's a, <laughs> there's a different class, right? Really taught me a lot of discipline, really taught me like hard work to a different level, right? And, you know, end of the day, what I realized is that if you enjoy your work, it's not work anymore, right? Uh, you know, like, you know, you need to work hard to be successful. That was mm. obvious, right? Mm. 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 But mm. you can only really work hard if you enjoy what you do, right? Mm. Mm. If you're not enjoying what you do, can you work for 12 hours a day? I don't think you can, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, uh, so, funnily enough, after... McKinsey, I started kind of thinking about what to do next, right? So, but, but if you were enjoying McKinsey, why did you want to do something next? Uh, I had met, so that my co-founder uh, actually went to uh, Xavier's Bombay okay. with one of my really close friends from Calcutta, right? So I knew him through him. When I came to Bombay at McKinsey, I didn't really know anyone. So he ended up being one of the first few people I met, right? So we got friendly. And then he wanted to start something as well, right? So, you know, we actually spend a lot of time trying to figure out what to do, right? And we talked about everything from tech to fund to food to mm. restaurants, right? <laughs> Funnily enough, we ended up in Ayurveda. <laughs> it was quite funny. Uh, but honestly, we felt that was the largest opportunity at the time, right? We saw it exploding. And so, yeah, we spent a lot of time discussing what we wanted to do. I was quite clear that I wanted to leave. Uh, it was I was there for the experience. I was there for the learning. I was not there for the long term. Right. Right? It was not something where I knew that from day one. Uh, and I wanted to start, so I started after a year or so, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so that's when me and Shrey kind of started talking, and that's how kind of Kapiya was born. So what was the thesis, uh, initial thesis? Like, uh, what so, did you want to do? So, so, so you know, a couple of things, right? Uh, there were a lot of things that I wanted to do in the original business in Vietnam, which I was not able to, right? Uh, because of whatever reasons, like, you know, bureaucracy, process, whatever, right? And so one, so, and a big part of it was actually breaking Ayurveda out of the mold. It was stuck in, right? Now, uh, I told you, you know, my grandfather wanted to create this Indian Ayurvedic business, right? But the fact of the matter is that all Ayurvedic businesses today, traditional businesses, are very much westernized, right? Ayurveda is not about problem solution, right? Ayurveda is about staying healthy, being healthy. It's about balance, right? The name Kapiva is, comes from the three doshas, Kaf, Pit, Vat. Okay. And the whole idea about Ayurveda is to have a balanced lifestyle, balanced body, so you don't get sick, right? And a small part of it is that, you know, symptomatic relief if you get sick, right? Today, 99% of Ayurveda has become that small problem-solution piece, right? And the 99% of real Ayurveda, which is actually staying healthy, is kind of lost, right? So Ayurveda is... So A, to get good Ayurveda treatment, right? You need to, like for complicated treatment, mm. you need a doctor. Mm. Right? right, yeah. Uh, very difficult to kind of just go pick stuff off the shelf yeah. for something serious, right? right? If, you have, if you have constipation or something like that, it's fine, right? But for something more serious, you need to meet a doctor. 
and very few ayurvedic good quality ayurvedic doctors out there mm, right? right also because the number of them graduating is very low right uh, the government has been doing some good work in trying to increase it in the last couple of years but it takes a, it's a long gestation period yeah right, yeah, yeah. that happened mm, mm. and uh, like this was i think you around 2017 is when you started right Uh, late to the whole 16 roughly yeah so we started the clinics late to the whole 16 but how did you fund this like you know setting up a clinic and uh, all that so so we started with the initial funding round of maybe about 400000 dollars right i put in some money and she put in some money and uh, we also get got some family and friends to kind of invest right uh, so we started with 400 grand and uh, that got us five stores right and this was like a service business at that time not a product business. so basically uh, so we had a product line as well so we created in house products right and then you walked into the store uh, half the store would be kapiva products half the store would be third party products and then you had a ayurvedic doctor and sometimes a nutritionist etc in the store so you could come get customized advice to for, for what products to take how much were these stores making like so we we recuperated our cost within about 7 8 months wow. right okay uh, the cost the it started being profitable like 9 8 9 10 months hmm. it's actually very good for retail yes, right yes yes Mm. the problem and we we created a very efficient box right so mm. it was like a 300 square foot store okay uh, very cheap to set up mm. right mm. Uh, uh, and you know we spent a lot of time building that model I, we thought we'll build 100 of them 200 of them right uh, but we built five of them very quickly realized that this business was going to be impossible to scale why is that two reasons the first was that because it was a very small box right the break even for a store was a 4 5 lakhs and good stores were doing like 6 7 lakhs right and the maximum you would do is like 8 lakhs which is a good outcome per month right so to create and you know shrey before this worked at private in private equity right uh, i you know had a decent size okay family business like the ambition was large you know the ambition was not to create something small the ambition was we wanted to create something big and impact a lot of people right the first thing we kind of i remember we still said and we still talk about today is that we wanted to make 5 million indians live a healthier life right okay that was the you know sort of first level goal right that how do we make 5 million households rather you know be healthier live healthier you know have better sort of health outcomes and uh, end of the day we found that this would not be that business right because opening a store a was becoming very very time consuming right hmm. yeah you, you need to finalize place negotiate lease do the uh, interiors correct uh. and also what we found was that doctors very quickly would move on right so we would spend a lot of time hiring a doctor training them and then you know they would look for another opportunity right because high quality doctors right don't actually want to sit in a store that's the fact right okay. so we had okay. bought at that they wanted to do r&d they wanted to do manufacturing right eventually right very few of them are want to do chikitsa and if they want to do chikitsa if if you're an md then eventually your dream is to have your own clinic which is fair right so we found that a lot of young doctors would come we would train them a lot of after after doing the md and then they would move move on very quickly right so you we really struggling to scale right these uh, the kapiva branded products that you had on the store how did you get those ready so fast like sure so we of course leveraged uh, a lot of you know the, the back back end from the family business right uh, there was uh, there is also a lot of contract manufacturing we got done from my business as well and see honestly it was even till today i would say the family was a huge help right like having that background in ayurveda you know being able to pick up the phone and call someone for advice even you know something as simple as sourcing raw materials right hmm. it's not easy uh, right. to get the right quality at the right time at the right price right 
So, you know, all of the supply chains for even our contract manufacturers, we've built out, right? We've told them when to buy what raw material from where because that really makes a big difference, right? Right, so, right. So, uh, at that time, also, we got a lot of support from the business. Uh, still, you know, from a knowledge point of view, then we get a lot of support, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, basically, yeah. So, once we started the store, we found that scalability was a problem. At, but at the same time, it was kind of the best place in the world to do market research, right? Okay. So, okay. you have a store where, mm-hmm. you know, and me and Shrey spend a lot of time in the physical outlets, right? Talking to customers. So, we must have, like, spoken to... I don't know, maybe a thousand Ayurvedic customers by the end of the year, right? Maybe more, right? And and in a way, if you think about it, it's a store where you have a brand new, unknown brand, right? Called Kapiva. And then you have five very well-known brands next to it, right? So it kind of show, very clearly showed us where the gaps in the market were, you know? Uh, what consumers were moving towards, what they wanted, right? And taking the same vision we had initially, right? We realized that there's another big part of Ayurveda we could provide potentially at scale to people, right? Which is actually something which exists to some extent, but not really, which is Ayurvedic foods or Ayurvedic nutrition, right? The, this is Chavan Prash is a part of this. Kind of, yes. Chavan Prash is on the borderline, right? Uh, so I would say on one one hand, you have medicinal Ayurveda, right? Which is capsules, uh, you know, cough syrup, of like cough syrup, you know, you have a tablet, blah, blah. On the other hand, like what we have, for example, now Ayurvedic breakfast, right? So Ayurveda, for example, has a very clear point of view ki what grains are good, right? Uh, you know, what kind of... So, for example, we have Ayurvedic breakfast with uh, barley, amaranth, oats, five five great grains with amla, haldi, and uh, uh, tulsi, right? With Ayurvedic herbs, with high fiber, high protein, uh, very low calorie, and, you know, uh, no preservatives, no additives, right? So, you know, so basically incorporating the principles of Ayurveda in health, in food, hmm. right? And hmm. kind of creating hmm. a Ayurvedic nutrition. Uh, hmm. right? and, and, and so, like, when did you realize that this is the way to go? Like, initially you had those stores. So what we figured out, two, three things, actually, right? So what we figured out is that, you know, like, I'll give you an example in my house, right? Hmm. I've been having a shot of amla juice every morning since I was, like, eight years old. Right. Okay. We have this very funny thing. Like we take after, like uh, after uh, lunch, we actually in my family it's like a tradition we have. We take dahi, uh, we put ashwagandha powder and honey, and that's like a dessert, right? <laughs> you know. So we incorporate Ayurveda into our daily lives, right? You know. So I I take Ayurvedic herbs as part of my daily sort of supplements, right? Hmm. right. So and you know, we found it that we found that to be really something very different, right? Like your and, you know, I think I keep telling my father, at least take out five minutes and be my spokesman, right? Uh, he's, like, he's like the epitome of health at like, I don't want to uh, jinx it by saying his age, but yeah, at his age, right? Like people can't believe him. Believe it when I tell him what age they are, right? So I've seen how it can really, you know, in the long term benefit you and keep you healthier, right? And see, you know, Ayurveda actually is very simple, right? Ayurveda is just good food, right? It's like, you know, Amla is the richest source of vitamin C in the world. Right. Hmm. And right. the day, a lot of Ayurveda, you can actually measure in nutrition. Right. So the same way, like, you know, you eat like a lot of spinach, you get a lot of fiber. Right. Ayurveda will prescribe something like a isab gold, which is pure 100% fiber. Right. So a lot of Ayurveda is actually very simple. Right. Uh, and there's also now a lot of data on Ayurveda. Right. Especially, so the number one, let's say, digestion product in Europe is Ayurvedic. Right. The only 
FDA-approved product globally for liver is Ayurvedic, right? So uh, there is a bunch of research happening now in Ayurveda in the US, in Europe, uh, in Canada, you know, on things like ashwagandha, turmeric, and a lot of it has been very positive, right? Most large pharmaceutical companies now, right, from your Pfizer have a, not Ayurvedic, but herbs division, where what they do is like they look at herbs that have been used across the world, try to isolate the active ingredient and synthesize okay. it. Right? Mm. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of work going on and Ayurveda that way is a very simple kind of thing to understand. But that's why, you know, it's about good nutrition, eating well every day, right? So we wanted to bring that daily health angle of Ayurveda where you know, there's a saying in Ayurveda that and in English, roughly it's uh, health is not the absence of illness. But, but it's the presence of vitality, right? That, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you're like ready to go, right? Your eyes open and you're fresh, right? And, you know, you're like energetic throughout the day, right? And those things, right? The very, very key indicators of good health, right? And and what we found, right? The second reason why we realized that and nutritious, nutrition-based products are very key for lifestyle problems, right? So, but when I say lifestyle problems, what do I mean, right? And these have become very prevalent today. Uh, digestion is a big one Ayurveda, right? Everything starts from your stomach. Uh, skin, hair, hair fall, uh, having blood sugar, raised blood sugar at a young age, right? Diabetes uh, and... Yeah. But not diabetes, but diabetes is something where we don't, but nutrition becomes very difficult then, right? Then you need a lot of different things. But when you have, let's say, high blood, high blood sugar, then even a doctor will tell you nutrition is the key thing to solve, right? Let's say if you have hair fall, right? You go to a uh, doctor, first thing they'll tell you is that Hair is the part of the body which will deprioritize the most when you, when you have nutrition, right? So more than applying something on your head, more important is good nutrition, right? Uh, so there's a lot of these problems where which is solved by good nutrition. What we did as a step forward in the new business was that we wanted to solve the food part of it, right? So the idea was that how do we kind of create this whole category called Ayurvedic foods? How do we incorporate Ayurvedic wisdom and kind of give people better quality nutrition, right? Uh, we were at the same time very aware of number two and three also, right? Because hmm. number two hmm. and three are also very important, right? You can't, right. like hmm. one is still incomplete, right? So hmm. uh, we already are today doing that and we're working a lot about creating an entire ecosystem, right? So we as a company don't see ourselves as a product company, right? We see ourselves as an Ayurvedic ecosystem where you get knowledge. Till today, we offer free consultation on our website with Ayurvedic MDs, right? Uh, so you can go on our website, any problems, talk to them, they'll give you an entire detailed nutrition plan, uh, 70% of the stuff they they uh, suggest is not from Akkapiva, right? So our ambition is that, boss, give the best possible thing, right? So if you have it, great. If you don't, give whatever's best, right? Uh, you know, we have a lot of content and we now cre created, you know, got together a huge team. Uh, we've actually tried to get a lot of people from Kyojoy, uh, which I believe is one of the best content creators for Ayurveda. And we are now creating a bunch of Ayurveda content around lifestyle, uh, what not to eat is as important what you eat, right? So, definitely we sell products, but then the ambition... Well, uh, okay. Tell me about the uh, the, uh, the pivot phase, like from running stores to becoming a food product. Sure. Uh, so like company. I said, right, the ambition, right, was always to bring a genuine form of Ayurveda out, right? Like I said, there were two ways to do that, right? One was the doctor-led sort of better quality uh, medicine. The second was the more sort of nutrition, food, lifestyle based, right? They both require doctors, to be honest, and they both require, it's all very connected, but depends which route you go, right? So we decided that the physical route wasn't the way to solve this problem. 
the digital wave route was the way to save it to solve the problem right how do we kind of scale up you know advice how do we create our content how do we create products how do we increase availability right and the way to actually do what our initial goal was which is 5 million indians live better through ayurveda right was going to be a much more difficult store by store by store and probably will be 80 by the time we reach that goal right so uh, and you know online had started to take off a little bit there we had done a few experiments with both online as well as offline distributions and we found that uh, there was a lot of scope for growing the business from that right that's when the pivot started happening right uh, initially you know it's so you shut down the stores or that's what i'm, getting, uh, like, that's what I'm coming to right huh. very difficult the stores had we had invested money into them they huh. had reached right. break even and and profitability right it was a very difficult decision right initially we were like we'll do both right we'll keep the stores and we'll do this also but basically you know we were a small team we had very little funding right so we couldn't have we couldn't go ahead and like hire 50 people right Uh, we had raised another round at that time from uh, again uh, angels right so there was this guy who was called madhu kela who was the xcio of reliance who invested some money uh, gig food uh, owners invested some money right uh, there was a small sort of investment bank set up and invested some money right so we raised another about i would say 800000 dollars at the time and we tried to kind of do the do both right run the stores and do this but very quickly realized that boss we don't have the bandwidth right they're two totally different businesses we're not at a scale where we can do two things right so then finally somewhere around you know mid 2017 end 2017 right uh, it took the decision that boss you have to close the store right <laughs> there's no other way around it and then finally around 2018 early we finally ended up closing the stores and we then had a much more focused point of view on growing the sort of product fmcg digital business. Okay, so uh, what was the uh, uh, the the digital distribution? Was it like through marketplaces that you started listing products? Initially, or? we were purely uh, marketplaces and offline, right? So we started from day one and offline. So we started selling on in like large walkthrough stores, right? So uh, you know, in Bombay, like a Patel or Krishna, like that, like those large format stores. Uh, or, and, uh, not modern trade. Initially, we didn't want to pay the listing fees on modern trade. Honestly, <laughs> so we went to like what we call today standalone modern trade, right? So these are standalone walkthrough stalls that you find in neighborhood. There's about ten thousand of these in India actually, and uh, we, you know, we would spend a lot of time creating content as well. But what we realized is that you know we would try try to put a lot of content. Like for example, every juice bottle had a yoga pose. which was helpful for the problem that juice was trying to solve right we would put pamphlets we would like you know put lot of a plus content on amazon uh, very quickly realize that we need our own platform right if you really want to disseminate information there's no other way right so then you know we kind of that's when kapiva.in came in right okay uh, okay and then now kapiva.in is slightly just take overtaken amazon as a largest kind of that uh, so yeah that whole pivot happened uh, we raised then our first proper series hmm. a when did you launch kapiva.in which year i would say 18 i guess end 18 mid to end 18 yeah uh, and we started scaling it properly though i would say 19 to be honest right we launched it in 18 like we didn't know anything right i don't know what i was doing right right so i launched a website i was learning on the go it took me some time to figure it out right and we weren't really a fund that well funded at the time right so we weren't So nowadays, I see startups, and probably a good idea only. Right? They go out and they raise ten million dollars, yeah. and the full team will die yeah. on day one, right? Yeah. So it right. probably works well, right? Uh, but you know, we weren't, we didn't have that. Uh, we were still like, boss, we have to build it. As a, you know, I come from a traditional business as well, right? So uh, you know, so 
we were trying to figure things out so it took time right uh, now we have now i would say like one of the things i'm most proud of in kapiva as a team right i think we really built a solid team we really managed to get some fantastic talent from some of the best companies out there right and and growth has also kind of been accordingly now they've really come in and taken it to a different level right uh, but back back then we were still just figuring stuff out on a daily basis right uh, hmm. yeah. so you you were talking about your series a when did that happen so we raised our series a end 2018 early so it was in two branches end 18 early 19 uh, it was led by fireside uh, at that time you know the company had started to get some traction right uh, and uh, our uh, angels also all topped up right uh, so it was a combination of that fireside really i would say i still i'm so appreciative of them like they really were a fantastic investor to have at that time right like uh, you know they have they had people like so there's one guy at fireside called vinay who had a lot of experience around online right uh, our board member kanan he had fantastic experience with offline distribution brand right he was ceo at darbar for many years so understood the category very well right so really the perfect investor for us right like i think that was like super happy about that, that decision till today so like so they came in and that's when you know we really started being able to grow a lot faster right we had we raised about a total of 2 and 1/2 million dollars right at that time and uh, that's when we really started to grow as a business right we started to hire better people right uh, we started to get a lot what kind of revenue were you at around that time like 18 end of 18 uh, early 19 so march of 19 we would have been at roughly about a crore and a half i would say no actually maybe a crore probably a crore and there's two three chances one is kapiva.in second is marketplace third is uh, the standalone modern trade and and what was the split between these three chances at that time uh, so actually offline was big that time offline was about uh, 50% 50 60% and the balance was online right actually march 2019 is when online started to take off for us right uh, amazon started to grow our website started to grow very aggressively and that's when we realized that so today on offline is 8% of ourselves <laughs> 50% wow. right? and it's okay. grown it's not like okay. it's not grown right it's grown year on month on month on month mm-hmm. just like online has right. grown a lot faster right uh, so you know just to give you a little idea of the journey we were at free about let's say a crore in uh, uh, maybe maybe about 90 lakhs in march of 19 right uh, march of 20 we probably about two and a half ish right and then march of this year we are probably we were around about Five and a half, six, right? Uh, wow. So okay. through like we we, have, we don't have one of those stories where uh, we went from one to five hundred crores in a year, right? I know there are few of them. It grew. <laughs> we took our time to grow, uh, but uh, we've grown like two hundred fifty, three hundred percent year on year, right? Uh, today we're roughly about a hundred crore business, like round about. Right? Okay. Okay. L- like this year you'll cross hundred crore. Uh, our current run rate is somewhere around hundred crores. and annual will also be somewhere around there correct so what uh, what are like the, the the secrets to that success like how did it grow so fast what are the things you did uh, to make it so grow so made a lot of mistakes right let me not pretend like we didn't a uh, lot of things we got wrong in the beginning uh, i would say today looking back right uh, the two most important things number one is that have a very strong data infrastructure and use data to make decisions right i think people always delay that right if i had more insights through data earlier i would have been able to grow faster give me an example of what that means like deciding what product to put on the home page no but like you like know that. understanding how consumers are behaving right understanding consumer funnels understanding what retention actually is what ltv actually is you know so i think stuff like that you know you need to have a very strong data infrastructure to get that live data right very easy to kind of take excel and put it together once in 3 months and try to make that decision 
but you know on a daily basis if you're looking at ltv versus aov right your decision will be very different right well, help me help me understand these terms for, for someone who's not from this space what is ltv what is aov uh, so ltv would be your long term consumer value right so let's say if a consumer aov would be average order value so let's say today you're coming in and buying for 1000 bucks right so my mind i'm looking at my consumer acquisition cost and i'm looking at what i'm making today right but the reality of it is that what really important is how many times is that consumer coming back and what is the actual lifetime value of the consumer right and then certain products for example will have very high aov aov we like oh this is doing really well let me push the product but there are certain products where consumers are actually loving it and coming back to buy 20 times so the ltv would be much higher right so just this is a small example right and if i had the clear data then you would put your bet money on on long term bets right not on short term thing then you need data for that right the second thing is that focus on retention right paid acquisition is not sustainable right uh, we invested a bunch of money initially on google facebook trying to acquire customers right uh, but in reality what really helped us grow right is giving the consumers the best possible experience so they come back often right so it's not about see the most important thing is the product especially in a health thing right, right? right. good good health outcomes right mm-hmm. if someone is buying a product for a specific problem it should have a solution right but also a lot of other things matter right uh, delivery time right consumer customer support right and honestly people like amazon have set the bar right yeah next day delivery is next day delivery like if you have a complaint they'll refund you immediately so you know you have to benchmark yourself to amazon right yeah so a lot of people think no no amazon is there what but that's a competition you have to accept it right so building a fantastic consumer service customer service uh, system uh, really replying to customer grievances very quickly right uh, having a very liberal cancellation policies right if somebody has a problem cancel it right give them refunds quickly you know things like that so spend a lot of time not only on having a fantastic product but on consumer delight right consumers should have a fantastic experience when they're buying from you right? and that's when right. they come back how did you build the data infrastructure so you said that data infrastructure is super important uh, what does that mean like does it mean hiring data scientists or does it mean investing in some software or sure so we i would say we're still building a data infrastructure honestly it's a it's a process that never stops right whenever you think that you're good you you see something that's much better right okay so okay. we're constantly in the process of improvement hmm. but you know as a first step what i did was that i spoke to like 10 people right who already done a fantastic job with this right uh our series b investors uh who is vertex right it's a they do a, they have a lot of tech companies that they invested in right uh fireside also has a bunch of companies that have scaled a lot hmm. you know, like hmm. mammoth and yeah. fantastic job yeah, yeah, yeah. so they have also strong data backend so spoke to a lot of founders uh, there's a lot of sort of i wouldn't say mentors but advisors right that i have that i speak to i feel that you know there's no need to reinvent the wheel every time definitely innovate but if someone has already done something well the least you can do is understand that uh, in great detail right so got a lot of advice got spoke to a lot of people uh, you know and kind of figured out what the right sort of way forward is then we did a couple of hires we are now hiring data people we've hired a first data person now okay right okay so we didn't have uh, but we had people who understood data who worked with data but they're not data scientists right Uh, i would say potentially and the reason why i brought this up i would say potentially we were late uh, looking back i should have probably hired people a little bit earlier right better late than never i would say and right, uh, right. we did hire people who understood it hmm. and uh, we did use like outside help right so we used agencies we used tech companies to kind of uh, help us build it out 
but you know basically the thing is that if you don't build it with that don't build your website with that mindset on day one it's very difficult to do it retrospectively right agar website ban gaya hai and you haven't put it in place then it become very complicated so the most important thing is to when you're building a website keeping it in mind and uh, when did you do the series b like and how much was that sure so uh, series b was uh, like early this year right all the late last year actually rather uh so uh, we finished on november last year uh, we raised about 10 million dollars and uh, what are you valued at now like uh, uh our series b was somewhere around uh, so we raised about 10 12 million we diluted about let's say about 18 20% of it and then uh, uh now we like about 70% bigger than what we were then or 70 80% bigger so i we we don't really have a new valuation But we haven't really gone to the market. So, uh, how did uh, the lockdown uh, impact you? You know, like, so, uh, did you see offline falling? So, and- initially, it was a disaster, right? Initially, uh, so when the lockdown was first happening, right, which is April of last year, uh, I was like just about to close a bridge round, and then COVID happened, right? Uh, it was really stressful, <laughs> uh, but uh, and the first month was chaos, right? We like everything just shut down, right? Like yeah. there was no factories, there was no Amazon, there was nothing, right? Uh, even your supplies would have been disrupted exactly right but uh, we really really like we kind of saw the lockdown coming to some extent because it was happening globally so we built up a lot of inventory right uh, we actually made a full lockdown plan right uh, a month earlier and said that okay this is going to happen so how what do we do about it so we built up a lot of inventory we we got alternate suppliers for a lot of our key products you know in case one shuts down we can go to another uh we like stuffed amazon with inventory right we said boss rakho like we go we do fba right uh, we stuffed our distributors with inventory so we really just tried to stuff the channel gave a little bit of credit to do it but we did it right uh, that really helped us bounce back very quickly right so april was of course a disaster right uh, we tanked but may was a or we bounced back quite a bit in may right right okay so uh, what is your customer acquisition strategy do you like rely on more of content as a way to get ranking on search engines or do you sure. do paid acquisition or you know sure. so uh, actually honestly we spent very little on consumer acquisition hmm. until i would say like 6 months ago right so to build so we we raised a series b right and that's when we started spending right but as a organization you know we spend actually very little money to get to where we we are we always trying to be very efficient right uh non retrospect you know maybe we could have been more aggressive but for example we standing up we starting our first atl campaign which is a brand campaign this month right okay so, okay you've never okay. done any brand marketing right uh we started like uh, on tv or where so yeah like youtube ads and stuff like that right right uh, we, we started performance marketing at any scale for the first time early this year right you know uh, which is paid acquisition right so a lot of our early acquisition was honestly just word of mouth right Uh, we have a fantastic retention by from our consumers right our retention for our products some products like 40% plus and i'm talking about like okay. just on our website right uh, uh, you know our average consumer doing the math our average consumer on amazon right buys us five times in a year right uh, so we have really good sort of repeats and lot of consumers who've gotten good results right become your advocates right in healthcare right what we notice is that if you have something effective something that works right people will tell 10 people about it and they will recommend right and that's a very common way where people actually end up trying something right 
where friends, family, etc. tell them, okay, you know, try this, it really works, right? Uh, so a lot of our acquisition and growth actually came completely organically, right? Uh, six months ago, we did start using spending on Facebook, Google. But again, it's not our key strategy, right? Like only like a minority of our revenue comes from paid on our website, right? Uh, what we are growing now aggressively is content, right? Because people are hungry for content in healthcare, right? Uh, you know, and we, we want to go down a very sort of uh, validated scientific route, right? Like, you know, have very high rigor in our content we create, you know, have very clear sightings of sources, look at studies and try to create, you know, very solid, high quality content, which is, which is stand up to scrutiny anywhere, right, globally. Uh, and we feel that we can really create a lot of content to be able to, to allow consumers to take the right decision of what's good for them, right? Uh, we also have a lot of sort of uh, integrations to guide consumers through their journey through our website, right? So I mentioned that, you know, we have uh, uh, doctor free doctor consultations, right? Uh, which we do almost two, 300 a day, right? Uh, on, on top of okay. that, uh, we also have something called, you know, a customized user journey we create, right? So today we do it through telesales, right? Uh, where you can talk to, you know, a specialist or a nutritionist that can kind of help you guide, help guide you through your journey. Uh, but going forward, we're trying to make this more tech-based, right? So that's something you hmm. Like through an app, you enter some information. and so can't, don't, don't want to say much about it right now because we're still working on it. Yeah. Uh, so that's something we'll have sure. in the next sure. few kind of months, right? So the idea is to use things like that to acquire consumers, which are long-term, which, you know, actually grab value uh, and talk about that in our advertising. I think, you know, paid acquisition through Google, Facebook can be strategic, but can't be a long-term sort of plan. That's what we feel. Like. But uh, do you, uh, I mean, you know, do you see yourself being mass market FMCG like Dabur, or you know, which has, like say, even a toothpaste with Ayurvedic benefits and, you know, so, so it's like mass market. So do you see that path? So, you know, we have a few filters, right, that we put before we launch any product, service, anything, right? Uh you know, I think the first filter is that, is it something that's really benefiting the consumer in a real way, right? So that's the first filter product needs to uh, pass through from, and we have multiple ways of checking that, including consumer trials, right? Uh, and doing a lot of research and on that. See, the beauty today is actually there's a lot of research globally done on Ayurveda, right? Uh, you know, so if you want to find out about an ingredient, there's probably 50 clinical trials you can go through globally, right? So we spend a lot of time creating a fantastic product, right? Uh, if it passes through that filter, right? I think the second filter is that, is it at least something scalable to the point where a million people can use this, right? Hmm. Hmm. And hmm. very often what happens is that if you pass the first filter, right? Price becomes the problem, right? If you really want to create a fantastic product, it becomes very difficult to do it for like 80 rupees, right? Uh, you know, because you're buying like very rare herbs very often, right? Which are not even grown, right? You have to have a forest license to be able to pick those in a sustainable way once a year. It's complicated, right? So you're not able to do it in huge scales, right? Hmm. A lot of hmm. our stuff is like very small batch, right? Because hmm. Like for example, the amlas we use are something with a specific kind of amla called Chota Amla from Pitabdar, right? Which are smaller, but have a much higher concentration. Potency. Potency, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. we use only something called Thar aloe. Right, uh, and and we go from plant to packed in four hours. Because if you leave it exposed, right, uh, it just degrades very quickly. Right, so there's a lot of sourcing and process stuff. It's very difficult to scale to a very large extent. Right, 
So we're never going to be able to be that mass market, right? You know, we sell something called A2 ghee, right? Which is basically from Indian non-genetically modified cows, right? Yeah, they, right they make right. like five times less milk than a regular cow, hmm. right? Than a hmm. Jersey hmm. cow or a, hmm. you know, these globally globally cows, and they have much less fat. So the amount hmm. of ghee is like eight times less, right? Right. So right. you know, these things are not things that you can do at huge scale. Right, mm. so that's mm. why you know I said that very clear thing. Our ambition is five million people. You know that we want to kind mm. of give, give a better product mm. to. Mm. I think mm. one of the things we're constantly trying to think about, though, is mm. is that mm. how do we create something which is fantastic yet affordable, right? That actually has a much wider impact, right? And currently, that's one of the things by reasons why we are so passionate about stuff like content, right? Because it helps everyone, right? Uh, you know, and a very big part of health, like I said, food is one part of it, right? Is your, you know, daily routine, is your kind of overall exercise, your, what yoga you're doing, what not to eat, you know, stuff like that, right? So at least, you know, that's something where we feel we can make on a very large scale, right? Product, you hit that ceiling, right? Where if you really want to create a fantastic product, it is going to cost money to build, right? Then that automatically kind of makes it more difficult to make it very, very mass. And do you uh, like directly compete with Bedenat also? How, how does that equation work? Very little, right? Very little. So uh, we have maybe two, three products in common, right? Uh, but again, very different consumer, right? Very different way we are kind of projecting the product. Very different distribution channel, right? So we find like very little conflict at all, if any. And also, you know, Bedenat is very much core traditional Ayurveda. Right. What do you see as uh, the exit for investors? An acquisition or a listing or what? Like My dream is to list, honestly, right? Uh, I, I, I love this business. I really enjoy it. I'm really passionate specifically about the product part, right? So as we professionalize, you know, a lot of new people have come in, great talent has come in. They're like people who understand website 10 times better than me. But, uh, but one thing I'm really passionate about and really love this product, right? Putting my blood, sweat, tears and making the best possible product out there. So, you know, I would like to think of this eventually as a listed business. Uh, are you also doing content on video or is it only text? Uh, so, we, you're going to see our first big flurry. We are doing content on video on YouTube mostly right now, right? Okay. It's not content. So, we collaborate with people to create a lot of content, right? So, okay. our YouTube sort of content we've created has gotten, I think, the marketing team was just telling me very happily the other day. I think like hmm. 30 million views or 40 million views or something. Wow. Really cool number. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So we co- do a lot of content co-creation. Uh, so this would be with like Ayurvedic doctors and experts who Ayurvedic work. doctors, you know, health mm-hmm. experts. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, we did a lot of work right now with Pooja Makija, who's a very famous nutritionist. You know, right, like that. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also now for the first time actually creating our in-house content, right? So content videos on you know uh, different herbs, benefits, lifestyle, sleep. So that's something we're investing in a lot. We'll be seeing a lot more of that over the next few months. Mm-hmm. And do you plan to launch a mobile app also? Like, uh, it's something we're thinking about. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't really started anything towards it yet, to be honest. But it's on the cards. Yeah. I think the first, uh, see, it's a my true real belief is that you know you really need to be very focused on what you do, and do, what you need to do is do you need to get it right, right? So right now, there's a lot of different things we're doing, right? We're creating a lot of uh, we're creating an entire content infrastructure, right, in the organization. Uh, we are also doing a lot of stuff. We have a new website launching, actually, like next three days. <laughs> uh, uh, if you, we've already started the beta, so if you go to Kavira.in, ten percent of people will already start seeing the new website. So there's a lot going on. We want to get this right. You know, opening too many things together is never a good idea. Uh, 
definitely something on the cards but still a little while away and uh, how is work split between you and your co-founder like what do you look after uh, so i primarily look after product uh, d2c mm. uh, mm. a bunch of the strategy work you know fundraising and things mm. like that mm. and mm. then we both kind of uh, do look at finance sector together uh, shrey looks at uh, marketplaces uh, he looks at op- full operations right uh, he also does you know a bunch of uh, he's also very involved in finance and as well as offline right so you know honestly what i'm telling you right now is more kind of the structure maybe 3 months ago but kind of now as the team has kind of more senior people have come in you know there's been more integration there and then both of us are spending more time doing everything right so i think you know now the idea is to manage the overall vision you know uh, the one thing i still like like to spend a lot of time on is product right uh, but overall you know we've gotten like a very good sort of head of revenue uh, very good kind of guy who so so we hired this guy recently uh, who was a number two guy in uniqlo to kind of manage uh, marketing as well as you know uh, of operations uh, we hired a very senior guy who was ex director of growth at bintra uh, and director of growth at hotstar to like kind of look at revenue as a whole so honestly these guys are fantastic and you know they are kind of taking a lot of the lead in those kind of things uh, over at, over time i am still very involved in product and then making sure you know all the pieces are working together you know and making sure that overall strategy of the organization is moving in the right direction and then more involved across functions but let's right. uh, deep in every we hope this conversation inspires you to go natural and introduce more ayurveda in your life check out the entire range of ayurvedic products from kapiva on amazon or at kapiva.in this episode of founder thesis podcast is brought to you by long haul ventures long haul ventures is the long haul partner for founders and startups that are building for the long haul more about them is at www.longhaulventures dot com